What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Go Long Show. Go Long. GoLongTD.com. I'm Tyler Dunn. That is Jim Monas. A very Merry Christmas. And as always, this podcast, fueled by our good friends at Fatty Beer Company. We're overdue for a stop in Orchard Park, Hamburg, downtown, Tonawanda, Kenmore, Rochester. There are fatties all over the place, and it is a good time to load up on a stout, a porter, an IPA. You know, as the weather gets worse, you might want to uh, ramp it up a notch into the eight percenters, the nine percenters. But Jim, Merry Christmas, dude. How, how you been? You've been all over the place seeing family. Uh, this is overdue. I miss seeing you. I miss talking to you. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All the good stuff. Family, friends. That's what this season's about. It's nice. It's nice to see everybody. I was thinking about, I was uh, driving by Fatty Beer last week, and it looked like just a lot, like a rotation of people going in and coming out. Like, they were definitely uh, stocking up for the holiday season. So, yes, it, it fat, something about the, the beers, the cold weather. You can justify beer for every weather, <laughs> which we know. But this time of year, for sure, it's needed, especially since we are seeing family and friends. We're around a lot of people, tight quarters. Yeah. Yes. Sometimes alcohol yes. or whatever you need to help you get through those events whether it's beer. Well, <laughs> it becomes a marathon. And I think by the time you get to the second or third one in a day <laughs> and you hopefully have, you know, other little kids that can chase or chase your little kids around and vice versa. And still though, I, I think moms and dads get fatigued more than uh kids. It, it gets to be seven, eight o'clock and you might need to bust out a bust out. Of I say that, but I feel like every single night we've, we've come back and we've talked about, Hey, let's watch a Christmas movie. Let's relax. We just go right to bed right after Don, the kids go to bed. You know, it's just an absolute collapse. I will say, like, we watched uh, Scrooged. Great movie. God Underrated was. Christmas movie. Oh, Bill Murray just Bill Murray just steals every scene. He's unbelievable. Like, every movie. I mean, What About Bob is an all-time personal favorite. But Scrooge, like, coming out of the gate with that opening line, now I have to kill all of you. Just, just a great line. It's what makes him so good in every movie. Is his delivery is just rock solid every time. His care it always fits his character, whether it's Caddyshack, Scrooged. He, he delivers. He's a char. He lives in I, Charleston, South Carolina, where I used to live. Well, there you go. That tells you everything you need to know about Charleston, because Bill Murray's a smart man. He knows He's how to live to his a, life. A fine city. But the reason I bring that up, Jim, is we, we kind of uh, squeezed in our, our one and only Christmas movie session the same night the Bills played the Chargers because I'm thinking, <laughs> all right, you know, we'll watch watch a movie. I'll 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 pause the game or record the game and, and kind of watch it later because that's another benefit to just ignoring Twitter. Like, I, I can't recommend it enough to everybody out there. If you can just somehow – wean that out of your life you'll you'll be much happier so you know i didn't know what was going on with the game but then i couldn't help myself then i i checked the score i saw that it was pretty close closer than anyone expected so 
eventually, you know, just made my way over to football. Isn't it remarkable with, with, with the, what the NFL does around the holidays now, Jim? I mean, they want to own every night of the week. They want you addicted to their product as much as possible. 23rd, 24th, 25th, nonstop football injected into your veins. They don't care if you're opening up presents. They don't care if you're hanging out with family. They want you watching football. That's how the NFL works. So I guess they achieved their mission with interrupting a little Scrooge session there. I had uh, I couldn't wait. Couldn't wait. I had to watch Bill's Chargers. Did you watch that one live? I know we texted a little bit. Um, I think I know what your analysis is going to be out of this game, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'll give you the, the floor first, Jim. I mean, you kind of know mine. We did talk briefly last week about that game. And I told you this was a get in, get a win and get out. However you can game for Buffalo. It had all the makings of a trap disaster game in the gambling world. When you see it, the historic chargers give up 60 points and a half. Fire the coach, collapse. Bill's hottest team in the NFL are going to win it all. It's going to be a blowout. Of course not. Not in the NFL. We all know it. Week-to-week league. To me, no. I was like you. I had no intentions of watching that game. Um, Even though I thought it would be interesting, I just figured the Bills would kind of be in command and, and win it. Man. I went back, you know, then I went and looked at everything. Wow. So definitely more than a trap game. They should have lost, um, could have lost, should have, which you can say almost every week in the NFL. But what's it say about them? It's still a W. However, they found a way to get that W and get out of there. And that is the makings of what you want to see this time of year. Get healthy, get hot. <laughs> that's what I, that's. It's healthy and hot right now. Are they hot, though? I mean, did no. you watch that game and say this is no. a hot football team? Would not. Don't know if there's one in the NFL. <laughs> We're going to get to that, too. Yeah. Uh, That's as, where I'm at. That's why the... I'm done being so – I'm not going to be so critical of the Bills when you're just looking around the league and, you know, and we'll get there. But, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think they're hot, no. Yeah, I, I kind of just dove in. I think it was probably the middle of the first, early second, and caught caught up pretty quickly on the festivities out there at SoFi. It was everything you described. I mean, that's what's kind of great about pro football in terms of it. It's human nature. As much as everybody really wants to jam this sport into an Excel spreadsheet, into an equation, and there's just this propensity for everybody that watches football and covers football try to explain the sport in numbers and you, you can't, you, I mean, you can to an extent, but at its core, it's human nature. It, it's Buffalo flying across the country, um, feeling themselves just punch the Cowboys in the mouth, being told by everybody that this is the team. If they get in, they could go on a run a la 2010 Packers, uh, 2011 Giants, 2007 Giants. You know, there's been a lot. The Steelers in 05, there's teams that sneak in, get hot, like you just said. Um, and then the Chargers, you know, they're they're missing their three best players in addition to their coach and GM getting fired. Easton Stick is the quarterback. 
the the receiver they drafted in the first round can't catch a cold. I mean, they, they've been a disaster. But that's what makes football the greatest sport is you have to play the game. Like, you have to line up. There's pride. I mean, these guys, imagine being a player for the Chargers. Like, you just gave up 60-plus points, and you got people fired. There, there's a There's a sense of pride. Like, I mean, there's an embarrassment there. That was a nationally televised game against the Raiders. So the more I kind of thought about it, the more I agreed with you that this is, I, I still thought the bills would win, but it does, it does say a lot about the sport and a lot about the AFC. That's the topic for this podcast episode is we're going to try to make sense of the nonsensical. The AFC is just drunk and it's been drunk for a while. I mean, right when you think you have a team figured out in this conference, Pick your team. Jacksonville's eight and three. They lose five straight. The Cleveland Browns flush 230 million guaranteed down the toilet. And Deshaun Watson's given you nothing. And you're a 10 and five win team <laughs> that, that could, could finish 12 and five. And, and Joe Flacco's just throwing bombs. Uh, Miami gets tough. I can't wait to get into that game with you. I thought that was a hard earned win. <sighs> then Kansas city. I, what can you say? I, I don't. What's happened to the Chiefs? What's happened to Mahomes? Pathetic offensive performance. We'll try to get into every team we can. I mean, the Cincinnati Bengals. I spent some time with Jake Browning, Dan Pitcher, Mike Hilton, Orlando Brown. Confident bunch. Man, they got socked in the jaw by a desperate Steelers team. And I still wouldn't be surprised if they went into Arrowhead this week and beat the Chiefs because <laughs> that's how this has gone. But, but let's start with the Bills because I think our McDermott series at golongtd.com is uh, still on some minds. And I think uh, there's a lot of questions like, is is this a Bills team that is suddenly aggressive, that is going to try to win games instead of not lose games late? They've won three straight, so I I get, I I do get the excitement. It's justified because you have Josh Allen in a conference that I think all but six teams in the conference have had a backup quarterback start a game. So if if you're if you're a team with a Josh Allen with an MVP candidate, you get in. Any anything can happen. At the same time, you won one of those games with a Kadarius Tony offside. You won one of those games against the LA Chargers, and it sure wasn't pretty. I, I'm still not sure what to make of the Bills. Uh, where do you start with this team? Get, give me the the upside and the downside for Buffalo. It's looking like they'll get in. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I guess anything's possible. <laughs> but everything did kind of break their way this past weekend. Say, say they get in as a wild card. To me, that's the most likely scenario because Miami looked really good against Dallas. It is hard to see them beating Baltimore, but I think they're going to be hard to beat at home against Buffalo. Just for the sake of argument, let's say the Bills get in as a wild card and they have to travel to Arrowhead, a likely scenario. How do you see this playing out? I'll, I could do it better justice than trying to do the matchup. I think they're good either way. Like I think they're built for the playoffs for the Super Bowl run. Whether it's Wild card KC, if it's the number two seed, 
I agree with everything you said. That last game in Miami is going to be like Miami is now officially a decent defense. They get after the quarterback, which is number one, and everything else is okay. It's middle of the road defensively for Miami. So they officially now have come around, and we know their offense. Um, but but just talk about the Bills. I I just feel like they just get in. I've said that, I feel like, from the start on the show. Once things got a little crazy this year with the record and losing to those teams, like we, we've talked about all year, it doesn't make sense. And now this is when you regret losing. Not regret, but it's why you have to finish off those games against those bad teams. Because now it's like, really? We might not make the playoffs, yet we know we could win the Super Bowl. We know we can beat anybody. So to me, stay the course. Get this win against New England however you can. Again, it's a win and advance mentality right now. Points don't matter. Style doesn't matter. Win, get in. Then you got Miami last game. It could be for the two seed. That's crazy. It really is. Um, I want to get into. Did I answer your what? question? I kind of jumped over. I just feel like the bills are built for the. I, I, that's really what I was trying to say. Just, they are. <sighs> Any Anything is possible in the AFC. I mean, really. That's all I mean. That's what I'm saying. That's. It wouldn't. I can't really see Bailey Zappi and the Patriots beating Buffalo in Buffalo. No offense. Like I just, you, if you can't score at all. Did you watch their game against Denver? Yeah. That seemed more of a Denver, Denver loss than a New England win. Yeah. I had the Patriots against Denver. I was very happy that night, um, <laughs> but they stink. Like betting on them made me realize how bad they are. They're not scoring. Here's what I'll say about the bills though. And I think that through all of the, chaos winning in january three times in a row if you have the buy but more than likely four times wild card divisional conference championship super bowl i i still think central to all success in pro football is that relationship between the quarterback and the head coach and how strong is that when it's third third and long you've got to make a play or late in the fourth quarter and you've got to be aggressive. You've got to think we're trying to win the game. We're not trying to not lose the game. Who do you have in that fight? Like, you know, and I would still be concerned if I was Buffalo. I I, I don't think that these past three weeks have just kind of, you know, everything that's happened the seven years just vanishes in thin air. Like, we don't know how Sean McDermott is going to react in those situations. Um, and I tried to lay out in painstaking detail why this is re- is a tight team in those situations it starts with the coach and it just spreads like a virus through the team i'm i'm not you know beating up on the cowboys at home is a statement don't don't get me wrong i mean they're talented i i, I never denied that in the 21,000 words i mean this is a talented team that has won three division titles josh allen may be the best player in football but to fully maximize him to win in the playoffs, you can't get in his way. You you can't take those kneel downs that you did against Philly. You can't settle for the field goals. I, I think you're still going to need to be aggressive and proactive and, and try to win the game and not clench up, not pucker up, not get nervous, not get tight. And we've seen this as a coach that 
that tends to manage a game in, in that regard. Now, there were, that Chargers game, it, it, for a while, didn't it seem like, okay, on the heels of the Dallas game, I should say, too, it seems like it's almost becoming a McDermott offense. Like they, they want to be this like power running team. And they, and they did beat up with a couple. It was weird to just see the bills run for 200 plus yards against a good team. Like we haven't seen that. Mm. I'm thinking back to, you know, Thurman Thomas and Derek Holmes and Tim Tyndale and that 95 wild card game against the dolphins where they ran like crazy. Like that's like what Sean McDermott wants. I feel like in the playoffs in his mind, that's how you got to win in January defense running the ball. I, I don't think that's really the equation. I, I still think you're looking at Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in January. It's proven. Mm-hmm. Mike McDaniel to a tongue of Viola. If, if Tyreek mm-hmm. Hill can stay healthy, that's still an offense that can detonate at any moment. Before Lamar Jackson, did, you ever? Bills sorry, go my, ahead. I just feel like real quick. Bills beat the Chiefs. Bills beat Miami. Like. You know what I'm saying? In the regular in, in the regular season. They, they beat the Chiefs in the regular season before, too. It's just different in the playoffs, is my point. I agree, but the I'm, stakes I, I are higher. Fair enough. It's that's what I'm saying. It's we we know the regular season doesn't matter. I'm with you on that. But they're built to beat these teams. Like I don't know. They're I built, saw it. Yeah. Like, I agree. Oh, I agree. I think this roster has been championship caliber for a while. I think Brandon Bean. It has more, he has more power than I thought going into the reporting for that series. I'll say that too. You know, Sean McDermott, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, is there first, but I think over time, Bean has uh, g- g- gained say, you know, in the, in the draft room and personnel. And I, I think they've done a good job building a team around Josh. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about Gabe Davis. He is liable to go, you know, full 1998 Randy Moss in any given, <laughs> given game. And then disappear for a few games, but I, I think they're explosive. I mean, they it, it's good to have that in your back pocket running the ball, but I think the basis is going to be head coach believing in quarterback and being aggressive, going for the win, not settling, even in this discompopulated AFC. And if this and if there's a year to win the Super Bowl, it's this year. Man, no Joe Burrow. Right, no Justin Herbert, no Deshaun Watson. I mean, go through all the quarterbacks that are out, but really, like, no, no real Patrick Mahomes right now. This is about as bad as Mahomes has looked. Yes, in yes, a while. A I'm laughing about the no Deshaun Watson because I kind of threw him in. <laughs> well, that's the best thing that could happen in Cleveland. This is what they wanted. It really is With the investment yeah. they made. This is what they wanted—a guy that can throw the ball down the field. But th- this is the year. I mean, there, there's an opening here for the no Bills. doubt, no doubt. No, you said it perfectly. Like it's why it's perfectly set up. Baltimore's facing the same thing. They're sitting there. We know how loaded Baltimore is right now. What's the big question on Baltimore? Can Lamar do it in the playoffs? Can he make the throws against you know that's that's they're waiting for that too. They don't care about the regular season. Let's go to Baltimore then, because yeah. I think they're the un- unquestioned favorite. In the AFC. I'd, and there's another team that the Bills have handled in a regular season game, albeit last year, early in the year, in the rain, mm-hmm. in Baltimore, though. Mm-hmm. I, I, they, to a to a point, maybe it's not even an argument. I think they can handle their physicality. And this is a Ravens team that wants to punch you in the mouth, still, okay. even with the changes on offense. 
Is it is it is it just is it as easy as wondering if Lamar Jackson can win playoff games with his style of play, or have you seen enough with Todd Munkin, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, this new look offense? Have you seen enough change that, to confidently say no? Like the way he's playing football now can get you three wins, four wins in a row in the playoffs. I think he can. Yes, they're they're ready to do it all. They look locked and loaded. I love the additions. I hate that they don't have the tight end, Andrews. But the additions of Flowers and Beckham looks good, and the receivers look solid. We always they always have a stable running backs, um, always protect well. You know, for Lamar, and he does. But he is, yeah, he's ready. This is his time. It's Josh Allen's time. Who's going to be the next guy to unseat? You know, Mahomes. Of the, you know, that's how I look at it, Lamar and Allen. That's their next step in their legacy. If if anybody not named the can't if, if if the Chiefs get to the Super Bowl again, don't you just want to smack all these teams across the head? <laughs> like this is the year <laughs> that the Chiefs shouldn't get there. This is the year they should just be buried and one and done. The, the way they play, that yeah. air, to, to the arrogance that they went into the season with too. To think that you can just roll. MVS and Rasheed Rice and Justin Watson and an aging Travis Kelsey and expect to light it up. Um, man, if you can't dethrone the Chiefs in the AFC, you better be looking yourself in the mirror, whether you're the Bills, the Ravens, Dolphins, any of these teams. I agree with you. Something's going wrong. It's, yeah, they, they, you're, you're past them right now. You're playing better than they are. So Lamar's numbers this year, he's completing... 66% of his passes. They're not crazy numbers. Right. 3,300 yards, 19 touchdowns, seven picks. Compared um, to when you look running up for 786. Did, when you look up his MB 2019, it's, you know, and he's, they're talking about him for MVP this year. When you compare those numbers, it's really not comparable. So it, it opens up the door for a Tyree kill for a whoever MVP. That's a non-quarterback. I tell you which coach would love to play Lamar Jackson, at least in his own mind, Sean McDermott. I think those who read part three saw what he had to say about Cam Newton in those offensive meetings. Ridiculous, in my opinion, to bash Cam Newton. MVP quarterback, 15-1 and one season, one of the most historic, Seasons from a quarterback we'll ever see. A huge reason you got that interview. A huge reason you got that job in Buffalo too. As an assistant coach told me, just quote unquote, mother F him as the reason the Panthers didn't win a Super Bowl. It just trash his style. It just, it's, it's insane. You know, there was, there were so many stories within those three stories that I thought were, crazier than that that 9-11 speech which just don't get me wrong w warranted the criticism it received um that that was right up there the interpretation of cam newton in carolina so i i would think he, it, he sees lamar jackson as a runaround quarterback that he can contain he's done it before maybe he can do it again i, I feel like the ravens as a team though to your point they are they are more than lamar jackson and this is a, a defense that has really evolved wink martindale to Mike McDonald, 
Um, they're, they're not blitzing like crazy, taking as many chances. They're so disciplined. And man, when they when they hit you, you're down. Game over. There's there's nothing after that initial contact. And it's going to be hard to get big plays. And they're going to make you earn every inch. I mean, you look at that defense. Roquan Smith has been, he's been a monster. You got Patrick Queen at linebacker, Kyle Hamilton. To, what a what a Ravens draft pick he was. Jadavian Clowney's got eight and a half sacks. What about that? Kyle Van Noy still kicking around. I mean, they were getting contributions all over the place on defense. So that that'd probably be my favorite in the AFC. Looking forward to Miami, Baltimore. So let's move to Miami. Justified criticism. They haven't beaten a team with a winning record before Dallas. You can only play who's on your schedule, but that th this was a moment where they needed to rise up. You know, when Dak Prescott led Dallas down, they take the lead. They're up by a point. And that was such a big moment for the Cowboys too, because right, they're, they're receiving the same criticism. You, they, they, they really got into it. And in that celebration from what I remember, uh, 17 play drive. I just remember looking at the clock three minutes and change and thinking if the dolphins can't get into field goal range here, then nobody should take them serious. Then let's let's definitely put them in that bucket of teams uh, that you're not really that worried about. And they put together their best drive of the season. Some clutch plays. They can run the ball. Two is accurate. But to me, what stands out most is the defense. You know, Vic Fangio's unit, pretty rough early on, getting used to his scheme. Bradley Chubb, Zach Sealer, who we had the story on earlier this year, that D-line, um, man, they were pressuring Dak Prescott. They've been pressuring all quarterbacks a lot lately. I don't know. What stood out to you with their win? That you're Miami pass rush. That's what I like. That's what, to me, has stood out to their defense. That's what makes them now, to me, relevant on defense. They're just they're getting after the quarterback, and that's how you're going to beat Josh Allen. That's how you beat Lamar. We all know it. So now that I've seen it from Miami, I'm with you. They're they're legit threat. It, it goes back to everything you keep talking about. It's we've thrown in Miami, Baltimore, Buffalo. Kansas City is going to be lurking. <laughs> you know they're going to be lurking. Yeah, <laughs> there was there was a few moments in that game against the Raiders where. You know, they have the drive early. They're at home. That place is going nuts. The Chiefs have wanted a Christmas Day game. They, they always want that spotlight game. Hunt down to Reed to everybody. They got it. And even after the calamity, the back-to-back -to -back defensive touchdowns, even after that, into the second half, I think it was Clyde Edwards-Alaire had that. He busted open for that big gain. They get down the field mm. and they face fourth and goal and they don't get it. All right. It just, it seemed like there's all these moments in the game where they're going to turn the corner. They're going to rev up. They're going to get going. It, they're such a momentum team. They had their foot on your throat and they don't let up. They never were able to overcome the Las Vegas Raiders. A forgotten team that's playing out of their minds for Antonio Pierce. I get it, but well, playing to out not, of their mind. To not turn that corner home. They didn't complete a freaking pass 
and want a football <laughs> game, basically. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't even know if they're playing out of their minds, but they want they're, they, Defense, they're defensively. Hard. I should say they're playing yes. hard for Pierce. To your point, they're playing. They're buying into him, but that's yeah. ridiculous. To not, how do the how do you beat the Chiefs without completing a pass and? in the second half or whatever it was. I think, I think you have to uh, lock in Aiden O'Connell as your 2024 starter and beyond. All right. He's got the stash. He's got the composure, you know, he's quarterback wins. He got the win at Arrowhead. Lock him in. What's the big story. Keeping with the AFCs too, with made me think of Flacco and the jets. How, how did that go so horribly wrong? Do you know? It's predictable, right? You you did trade you for Aaron Rodgers. That quarterback didn't want a veteran coming in and stealing the. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You trade for Aaron Rodgers, and shame on the Jets if they didn't know this. But you're taking on everything. I mean, you're taking on him having full autonomy at the line of scrimmage, him handpicking Nathaniel Hackett as offensive coordinator. OC. Him serving as assistant GM. Yep. Right. <laughs> on the receiver. Alan Lazard, 44 mil. Gone. I did the math on, on that in the story today. Apologies if, if people already read this, but here's uh here's your stat of the day on Lazard, Jim. Okay. He has earned four hundred and seventy-eight thousand dollars to four hundred and seventy-eight two hundred and sixty thousand dollars and eighty-seven cents per catch. Mm. About a half a million per catch this mm. season. Not bad work if you can get it. Not bad work if you ask most football fans who he is and or what team he plays for. They might not know. Randall Cobb, as we've said repeatedly, a corpse. He's done. Should have been out of the, out of the league two years ago. Billy Turner. I mean this. We talked about it. I mean, I'm sure we said it at a podcast at some point over the summer. I mean, this was disaster waiting to happen for football reasons. And we, we can get to personality all you want, but football reasons, you've got one tackle who hasn't played in two years and Mekhi Becton, another tackle in Dwayne Brown, who's 38 years old. Aaron Rodgers was very, very stationary in 2022 and ornery and set in his ways and wanting to pat, pat, pat the ball, keep plays alive, improvise, not necessarily throw on time, in rhythm. From a pure football standpoint, it was disaster waiting to happen. Okay, but then let's talk about personality. Let's talk about, yeah, you you tear your Achilles immediately. Season's over. But you got those Pat McAfee spots to fill, Jim. You've got to stay relevant. You know, it's very, very important to Aaron Rodgers to remain in the headlines to have everybody thinking about him, talking about him. Um, that's that's kind of the foundation of importance, it seems, if we're going to judge him on his actions. So, yeah, we, we hear media, right? He's working. He's working those friends, those sources himself, I'm sure, that this is the most remarkable recovery the world has ever seen from a torn Achilles. And... I forget the name of the surgery he had exactly, uh, but it, ha- it has been around for a few years. It's not like it was just created out of thin air. And he, he, even then, there were experts saying, like, he can't return this this soon. And and if he does, like, shame on the Jets, because then 
you're really leaving yourself open to tearing that thing again. Like you just need to let it heal. That That's the only thing you can really do. Let it heal for X amount of months. But no, there he is throwing the ball around in pregame and that's what I was setting those deadlines. All right, we're gonna, I'm going to be back at this point and back at that point. It's, it's I'd narcissism. Taylor Swift highlights of her walking through the tunnel or her in the suite more than I would Aaron Rodgers um, pregame warmups from the greatest recovery ever. I'm over that, like over that Aaron Rodgers thing, the Achilles thing. You, you've said it before. You put me onto it years ago. I had no idea, but I've seen it play out. Everything you said that, that to me was all about him. Like that whole, like, like you always said, like, there's no way he was really coming back from that. No, and it was timed up beautifully. I mean, the, the the moment the Jets are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, he's done. But even then, they had to kind of work in that, oh, he's getting a roster spot to practice angle. Like, he really could have played if he really wanted to play. Whatever. And, I mean, it's, it is it is narcissism. And it's you, you do see this out of star players, but not to this extreme. And it's not the first time. It's not the last time. I'm sure there'll be the sit down with Aaron Andrews. It'll be emotional. You know, I'm sure there'll be another round of <laughs> another round of uh, documentaries Andrews. and ESPN specials and takeout yeah. stories. And Jets fans will get all excited again. Sounds like Sal and Douglas. They're secure. Um, how pathetic do they look? I mean, it's just like you're kowtowing to this guy at every turn. And look, I, I've had a couple people say, "How can?" I mean, you're so harsh on, on Aaron Rodgers, and I guess Sean McDermott is getting lumped in that. You speak bluntly ab- about someone or something when it's rooted in reporting. It's not like off the cuff. This is based on conversations with many people, personnel, players, scouts, opponents, people that have been around guys like this. So I don't use this language, just you know, off the cuff. Well, so yeah, have fun. have fun with that New York Jets. That, that's going to be a grand old time in 2024, I'm sure. I mean, the Flacco thing has to be addressed. Like, in the, I'm saying in front, behind closed doors for the Jets. How does that happen? Like, how is he in your conference right now? He pumped life into the Cleveland Browns. Like, that's anybody. I mean, the whole season. Here's my theory. Maybe Hackett has a no work with Flacco clause because it's I, Hackett can only work with Rogers, so we don't know who else is on that. We don't know who else he's allowed to coach. So I'm not sure if that. But point is that it's insane. And back and the other thing to your all the McDermott stuff. How would everybody be reacting right now if they lost to the Chargers? So yeah, it would be chaos. What's wrong with the bills? There has to be, we need a new, it, so everybody pump breaks, come back to the middle. The bills should be better than they are. They shouldn't be fighting for their lives to make the playoffs. So something was wrong with the bills. That was your point. <laughs> and until they get to the Super Bowl with Josh Allen, he is at the point of blame. He accepts that as the head coach. He wanted this. Like, he accepts that. So it's 
there's nothing crazy to what you're talking about as far as the head coach needs to get the Bills to the Super Bowl. And I'm probably preaching to the choir here because those listening to our podcast read the series. So these are the people that we want to engage with, those that are are intensely curious about how this league really works. What is this coach like in those coaches' meetings day-to-day? What's he like from a player's perspective? What's he like late in games when everything's on the line, a season's on the line, and you're choosing the touchback, and you're stealing play-calling duties away from Leslie Frazier per multiple sources, and then you're making him the scapegoat a year later? Like, What's what's that world really like? And I, I know I sound like a broken record. I'm just so grateful for everybody here at Go Long who has subscribed and taking the time to read 21,000 words because the criticism that's out there, we don't need to belabor the point, but like it's, it's from people who didn't even read. It's from irrelevant people who, who just have a very strong opinion about something they, they don't know anything about. Like they didn't, they just, maybe they saw a headline and they're assuming all of these things. Obviously I'll stand by every single word that I wrote. And that's also what makes football fun. Like, it, it comes down to a play. It's one on the fringes. Kadarius Tony, if if he lines up onside, that's another meltdown and another nickname with Hal Murray and fourth and 18 and the Philly Neal and 13 seconds. I'm sure you might have some of your own at home, but they won. And also, you can't take that away. They did stop them three times in a row after that play. So they did rise up. They got the win, and that's football. I'm just saying in the playoffs, you've got to do it four times in a row. With this coach, I have a hard time seeing it. I could be dead wrong. And it's on the Bills to decide what's most important. To me, I still think Josh Allen. And go back and listen to the first podcast, right, Jim? I mean, we we weren't the only ones skeptical, but – I was very skeptical on this whole Josh Allen experiment for a while. I can't pinpoint the moment exactly, but I got to a place where, holy hell, there's nobody like him. Take your occasional interception. Look at the Chargers game. Look at any game. Like, yeah, that was a bad pick. Yeah, he started terribly. He still made a handful of plays in that game only he can make. And if you've got a guy like that, You've got to do everything in your power to maximize that talent. Um, you know what, Tyler? To your point to do it. about that, but we were talking about are the Bills hot? And that, what you just said about Josh Allen throwing that pick, they do have that has to stop. I mean, we we kind of it gets kind of you know we talked about it. I'm okay with we're all okay with the interceptions because the production equals tolerance. Been there, done that, talked about it, but. The Cook fumbles, the Allen picks, they're going to get you eventually. That, Yeah, you can beat the Chargers. You can get through a game. But in the playoffs, you can't live like that. So that's something I'm going to pay attention to. If they get in, if they get in the playoffs, that turnover thing is real. Like, that has to stop. The, the, the Diggs dynamic will be so interesting, too. It really is. He is saying the right things, and it hasn't been a public <laughs> – spectacle to any degree but he has been phased out he he has been mostly a non-factor for what a month month and a half like 
Let it. It's boiling. It, it's they're winning. It, it's, it's absolutely bo- boiling. No question. I'm with you on this. Because what did he say uh, after that Kansas City game? 13 seconds. It's oh, it's in the story. I should have it at the tip of my tongue. Like it's same thing. It's happening again. Like he just. I think that there is frustration in how these seasons have ended, and I'm sure there's some personal frustration in not getting the ball, not being featured in these games. So something to keep an eye on. We always feel that gravitational pull to the bills on this podcast, but for good reason. So when you look around the conference, though, if say the presence of Josh Allen is a reason that the bills can think Super Bowl, who's another team. I mean, this, this conference is a mess, but what's another team that can have that same conversation. Like what has does one thing really, really well that you believe can potentially carry them to Vegas to the Super Bowl? Oh, it, for me, it's only Baltimore. I mean, we're just talking the AFC, and I think we both said it. I mean, they're just, to me, they're the it's Lamar and Josh, a race to the Super Bowl. It's their time. That's how I look at it. There isn't another team that you can even hypothetically consider Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. Because they can play. That defense. was going to be my answer to the defense. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Cleveland would be yeah. my team that because of the defense, but no way in hell do I think Joe Flacco coming in this point in the season can beat. if Joe Flacco's beating you, then this is, I don't ever want to hear another thing about the years it takes to learn an offense and when an <laughs> offensive coordinator takes over and give me time, I got to, you know, I got to get, no. So I'm, I'm Cleveland though will be the tough out because that defense is real. And we know Jim Schwartz and the mother uh, respect I have for him, not that it matters about me, but I was fortunate enough to work with him to speak. So I could see firsthand that that's top notch high-level defensive coordinator. <laughs> Everywhere he's been. I Every, mean, and it comes up organically in conversation. Mike Daniels is talking about that Detroit defense. You know, they they had those battles with the Lions. And, I mean, you got Nadamik and Sue stomping on Evan Dietrich Smith. And, I mean, they were dirtbags, as Mike Daniels said. But he said that in, like, the most complimentary way imaginable. Like, he loved the fact that they – Cross that line. They were habitual line steppers. And you just know what you're going to get in a Jim Schwartz defense. You saw it in Buffalo 2014. They made MVP Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that was the peak of Aaron Rodgers' powers. I covered that Packers team. And, and in Buffalo for that game, I mean, he looked like a different quarterback at Orchard Park. And then they, I, th- I think you guys did the same thing to, to Peyton Manning, I mean, he was in the middle of a really good year with Denver, and he looked like somebody else. Jim Schwartz, common denominator, everywhere he goes. So I mean, the Packer fans listening are like, gosh, dang it. We keep we keep trotting Joe Barry out there. Mike Pett. I hear you. Yeah. Either you, you can drastically improve your defense with a coordinator change. Joe Woods to Jim Schwartz. You've seen it. It's a different team. I, I could see a, I could see them. I could see Cleveland getting to the conference championship game. That wouldn't shock me. No, no. I'm, Elsewhere. Yeah. But disappointed, I, like for Jacksonville, I know you, we had talked about them. I thought Trevor Lawrence was going to take 
a, a step this year. There's more to playing quarterback than just throwing the football. And yes, he's as pretty as it can be throwing the football. But once again, turnovers, decision-making, elevating the other players on your team, not taking sacks when you shouldn't take sacks, all the stuff that, you know, that we, he doesn't do it. He doesn't do it. I, I can't make excuses for him anymore. Cause I'm with you. I, I said, I can remember telling you like, Hey, good job, man. You, you, you identify Jacksonville and I see, it looks like Trevor Lawrence is making a turn. I thought he was taking a step. Man, he just, every time he has that Daniel Jones kind of, I don't know how much more I can watch of you. I don't want to hear any more excuses about you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like enough. I think Jacksonville really thought they turned that corner with the turnovers with Trevor Lawrence last season, right? Mid midway point of last season. When when I sat down with press Taylor, offensive coordinator, he really, my memory serves me right. Pointed to the game in London Maybe they lost to Denver and Trevor Lawrence had a really bad pick and they're on the flight back and their point to Trevor Lawrence was, we know you can be Superman, but you need to be Clark Kent more often. Just take the simple throw, take the boring throw. But when it's winning time and you need to be special, that's when you rifle that gorgeous third and six, you know, up the, up the sideline to a Zay Jones, like the kind of plays you saw late last season. Um, here's press Taylor. I just pulled up. This is from uh our season preview story. He's capable of doing those things, but it's the routine, the day in and day out, the down in and down out on first and goal from the two yard line against Houston. And we have a movement play and you don't have to throw the ball. Nobody's open, throw it out of bounds. We'll probably score the next play valuing the importance of the ball. It was him understanding all that as he went, we need him to be a point guard. A lot of times Um, they talk about how unflappable he is, all of that, but he's still forcing the issue. That's got to be so disappointing. It doesn't all fall on him. The defense hasn't been great. I mean, Baker Mayfield lit them up like he lit the Packers up. But I think Lawrence, you just assumed, would stay on this trajectory. I I took him in our uh, our quarterback draft with Matt Fairburn. We got a, a Grange dinner at state. I have a feeling I'm going to be paying for that dinner. <laughs> My first pick was Mahomes, the obvious pick that. I took Burrow. Fairburn as Josh Allen. Yeah. Wouldn't that be full circle though? I mean, what if what if the Bills like play Jacksonville in the playoffs? That that's how the the whole McDermott era began, right? McDermott versus Doug Marone down there. 10-3 affair. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. There's no way that that was 10-3. Wasn't Hackett the OC? No, that was Denison. Oh, you mean for for Jacksonville? Jacksonville. Yes, yes. And the Bills held a Hackett offense to. That's not possible. They held a Hackett <laughs> offense to three points. Poor, poor Nate Hackett. Poor Nate. It's <laughs> becoming the punching bag. I, but yeah, yeah, he uh, he mustered ten. But then his claim to fame was the next week. Remember, they go to Pittsburgh. And light the Steelers up. They take down the Steelers in Pittsburgh. I'm going to have to pull that up because that was that was Nate Hackett's finest hour. It, it really, was, to be honest, all joking aside, 
that was they did a great job that year. Yeah, that this game was crazy. I was I was there for Bleach Report. Jacksonville won 45 to 42. That's in I Pitts- think this is the game that you're right. This is the hack it's like the this is I did this with Bortles against Pittsburgh. But it was, I mean, a lot of mistakes for Pittsburgh. They were turning it over like crazy. Uh, you, look, you look at the numbers, and, I mean, Blake Bortles was 14 of 26 for 214 yards and a touchdown. Study, hey, what do I always say? Study the stats. There you go. There you go. Once you look into it, it's not that – it's not pretty. The Colts just lost Atlanta. I don't think we really need to uh, no. look at them as contenders. Great job by them. Nope, I don't think they can contend. Houston, it's, it's that's you know we we were talking about all these quarterbacks getting hurt. Isn't that the, the the biggest bummer though? CJ Stroud, the way he was playing, for him to go down and for them to kind of fall off. I mean, they're tied for first, I guess, in the division. And no, they're still he's coming back, so they're still he's coming team. back. I still can't think a rookie can make a you know make a dent in the playoffs. But but yes, he is talented. Also, when you really look at the schedule, I think Jacksonville, they, they've got the easy. Yeah. Easy well, nothing, nothing's easy for Jacksonville nothing. these days, but no, not the it's they're, uh, they're a mess. Is it Tennessee and Carolina? So if you're going to get right ahead of the playoffs, I, I suppose you'd want to play the Titans and the Panthers. What other? The Bengals. Oh, the Bengals. Not their year. When you really look around the conference, it is mind-boggling. I think five teams in the AFC, five. Yes, only five teams have a positive point differential. Hmm. And we hit on the teams. I mean, unless we really want to talk ourselves into Mason Rudolph hmm. taking the NFL. Just killing off teams one by one, or say uh, Denver lost to New England, right? Like the Texans. Let's see what happens with Stroud. I mean, maybe that's a wild card. I do like the Bengals, but still, you're talking about a Jake Browning, a backup quarterback mm-hmm. who just threw three picks against Pittsburgh. I think you nailed it, Jim. Allen, Lamar trying to dethrone Mahomes. But then you got the Miami Dolphins. And the Miami Dolphins finding a defense makes things interesting. This is a different team than what Buffalo beat up on first time around. You know, the Bills did such an amazing job. And we we gave Sean McDermott his props, rightfully so, just mucking it up on the line of scrimmage, didn't he? They couldn't get into their stuff, Miami. They they want to get the misdirection going. They want things timed up. They, they just they were beat to the punch. That D-line just mashed it all up before they could really get going. And then when Miami gets into a hole, Tua Tungvoyola, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, hasn't really come, to my knowledge, he hasn't really faced a big def- deficit and come back. He's more of a get the lead, keep mm-hmm. the foot on the pedal, stay in rhythm, play off the speed, and they've got speed to burn. So that will be interesting. Like, what's their counterpunch offensively after really getting embarrassed in Orchard Park? Uh, but I do think this is a different defense, and I, I think that 
can't see them just stopping Josh Allen. Josh Allen has had this team's number pretty much every game, but I think it would be three hours of work for the Bills to oh, yeah. drive up and down the field. It's it's not going to come as easy as we've seen it with how Miami's defense is playing right now. I mean, now you've got Jalen Ramsey. He's playing well. Um, they're in for it with yeah. the Patriots this week, Buffalo. Like you, Their defense is good. Their defense is just like the Jets' defense. Like Statistically, they're very comparable. So that's what the Bills are going to face this week, a legit defense and a bum offense. Man, what a slap in the face to every defensive player in that Jets' locker room to just give up on the season, to just – I'm sorry, we always go back to Aaron Rodgers. But look at the AFC. Like This was the year that you really could have won with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I really underestimated their defense. Their defense was way better – and they they kept it going from last year, and then some with the talent they have. I can't imagine being Quinn Williams or Michael Carter or DJ Reed, any of those Toss Gardner, any of those guys in defense, CJ Mosley, and seeing management believe, coaching believe in Zach Wilson. God, talk about Flacco. Love- I mean, they should have been aggressive. They should have traded for somebody. That's my point. Like, take I, it up I a notch. Like- the Flacco thing to me is like that puts an extra just like stamp on this thing as a disaster. <laughs> if you're the Jets defense and you're like, what? You're looking at Joe Douglas at practice, like, what's going on? Guy was in our locker room. Man. I mean, you were in front offices. What would you have done if you're running the New York Jets? Like, you go all in on Aaron Rodgers, but it well, happens early, week one, drive one. How do you react? I mean, some of it's hubris. I would think they drafted Zach Wilson second overall. They want that to work in the worst way. Mm-hmm. And maybe they they thought that Zach Wilson genuinely turned a corner in training camp. I mean, Drew Bledsoe was on here saying he, he heard from people that Zach Wilson is a different quarterback. Like, that was a big storyline all over the place. What would, what would you have done in that position? So, uh, knowing what you had on defense. So when you go out for... When you go out for Aaron Rodgers, you basically admitted you missed on the quarterback. You missed on Zach Wilson. You're you're admitting to your owner we messed up. So you go and get Rodgers. Now your Zach Wilson, you just found out he can't even be your backup. He to me is just like Trubisky. He's just like EJ Manuel. It's not their fault where they were drafted. Does that make sense? Like it wasn't their fault that they were first round picks. That. A team saw value in them. They couldn't produce it on the field. Mentally, physically, they have skill sets. We all know EJ, Zach Wilson, Trubisky. They have a skill set. They can't even, they can't complete open, like none of those guys can function. I'm I'm using EJ, I don't want to lump EJ, and that was years ago, but Trubisky can't function right now. And Wilson is a roller coaster disaster. So point being is, you have to have a plan. If that was your plan, if Rodgers is your guy, Wilson's your number two, that's – but what's the plan if Rodgers gets hurt? That had to be talked about. So they said Wilson can do it. They made that – that was before the season. that They said Wilson can be our number two because they didn't give him any competition. That That's where I think it does come back to ego – Right. If you're if you've reached that place where you're you're going forward with Aaron Rodgers, just 
admit failure with Zach Wilson, pawn him off for a late round pick. So, would somebody give you a sixth round pick for Zach Wilson last offseason? Sure. I mean, sure. Whatever it is, and whatever you get. Anything. Anything. Mm-hmm. Get, get whatever you can. Whatever move you off can. of him. Move forward. Find a different backup. It's it's different than the San Francisco situation because that that was weird. Like Trey Trey Lance has kind of been like this like source of potential that nobody's ever seen due to injury. Like he 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 was so good to the 49ers that he was just handed the starting job in year two. And Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't even compete. And then he plays what a game, a game and a half, has a season and injury, then he's not even good enough to compete with Brock Purdy, which We'll see how far Brock Purdy can take the 49ers. That's a that 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 warrants another hour itself. But at least the 49ers were like, okay, like we're we we messed up and we're gonna move off Trey Lance and go this other direction, whatever your opinion is on that. And that's what it should have made the Jets decision that much easier. Like you've seen Zach Wilson. The 49ers never really saw Trey Lance. I mean, they, in practice, like they did. Don't get me wrong; they they know what he is in practice. But they knew enough in a yeah. game. In a game, you barely have seen him. You know, Zach Wilson is hot garbage as an NFL starting quarterback. So, like he's just the worst quarterback in in the NFL. Just move off of him, and you you have a chance to salvage this season. His presence has just weighed your team down. Oh, and I was. I loved him at BYU. <laughs> he he made those Mahomesian plays and improvised. It was fun, but at some point, all these these GMs they, and these scouts they put in so much time. I a part of me understands it, right? Like we chose this player, and we chose him at number two overall. We're gonna squeeze every ounce of hope and potential and what could be out of him before we let go. And if you do that. You might just throw a season away like you did this year, even when he's your backup quarterback. Man. The Rodgers effect. There it is. Okay. That was the AFC. I think uh, we should do this with the NFC, if you'd like, Jim. I would love to because there that has turned into some fun over there in the NFC. Yeah, you know, I think you do have – Teams, Mr. Stafford and McVay. You just took the words out of my mouth, Jim. You've got some eight and seven teams, one in particular that is interesting. It's not a Colts conversation, a a banged up Texan situation, the Broncos. It's Super Bowl champion. Stafford, Cup, Donald, McVay. They've been there. Puka Nakua. Nakua. Stud. Stud. Tough. Love yeah. that. Love that pick. I, I am with the, you on the Rams. You know what? I wanted to talk about that. We did the old um, the third old time. school. Old school team. I don't none none of us picked Puka. I think I think you know what? I remember thinking one of you guys, Bob or you would probably definitely have him on there. So I was like, I, I won't put him on. He's old school tough though. Maybe it's the LA thing, and there's just they're so far out there. They don't really have a lot of fans. 
they, we, we all just assumed, oh, they traded all these picks for the players. They won the Super Bowl. Now they'll they'll be bad for a while. But they I haven't really thought about the Rams. I haven't really watched the Rams closely. I don't think many people have. And and shame on all of us because, boy, Matt Stafford made some plays. I, I get it. The Saints. Oof. Oh. The Saints aren't, aren't, aren't in good shape. But Stafford made some plays with his legs that surprised me for a guy of his age. Right, like moving around, yeah, he looks Pr- good. pretty spry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll get into the NFC more on a future pod, but wanted to go heavy AFC, heavy Bills. Hey, this is the year. If you're if you're wanting to win a Super Bowl, you're the Bills, the Dolphins, the Ravens, or the Jake Brown and led Bengals. This is the year. Gonna throw them in there too, Jim. Because Mahomes isn't himself, and the Chiefs are not the Chiefs. Set up. The door is open. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for reading, for sharing. As always, that's how we grow, go along. Uh, Complete word of mouth. And when it comes to the podcast world, we've got our good friends at Fatty Beer Company. We are absolutely going to do this in person soon. Jim, it'd be good to see you. Hang out, maybe see our pal Nick, Chris, get the fatty gang together. And there's a lot of football left. I know it seems like the season just flew by and you look up and it's Christmas and now New Year's. No, there's a there's a full month and a half here and we are not going to stop. We're going to go right into the offseason full speed. So thank you, everyone out there for listening. We greatly appreciate you. We'll see you soon, Jim. <laughs>